This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Father, do open this word to us, change our hearts, change our lives as I read the scripture now. You brought us together for this truth tonight. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 18. I hope that you have this passage already beginning to commit at least the principle of it to memory because I'll be able to tell here in just a moment as we start reading. So we don't look... Oh, you're getting there. We don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. If you spend your whole life just looking at all the obstacles in front of you, your life will be missed. You won't live life to its fullest. And you're going to have to learn to see beyond. And that's what I've been trying to teach you in this this unintended series. I I hadn't even thought of it as an unintended series until somebody posted about it being an unintended series and realized that God's been speaking to us through an unintended series. For the things we see now will soon be gone. Okay, The troubles you deal with now can pass away. And I know it's an old adage, but, but, uh, but I love what the old preachers used to say. He said his favorite verse was, and it came to pass. But the things, which can, things we cannot see will last forever. So what we've been talking about is how do I lift up my eyes from what's in front of me to what's ahead of me? How do I stop looking at all the obstacles, okay? How do I run the right race so that I stop looking at all the obstacles? I think this is so, so important. Now, how many of you have ever run track in here? Anybody ever run track in here? How many ran the hurdles? Anybody? A few of you. God bless you, man. They say that you're actually looking on the other side of the hurdle, My problem was I could never figure out how to look on the other side of the hurdle. All I could think was, oh, God, that hurdle's going to kill me. (laughs) And so I ran track because on the track team that I was on, you had to run at least one uh, race if you were on the track team because I was on the the shot put and the discus. and And so they put us on what they call the fat man relay. I wasn't fat, but I guess they were prophetic. But anyways, here we go. All right, so we began to talk about last Wednesday night how we like our own darkness. And I'm not going to revisit all that tonight, but I want to get down to where we ended up on Sunday morning. And where we ended on Sunday morning, I thought was very significant. It's out of the book of Hebrews, the second chapter of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse number 8. This has just changed my life because I'd never seen this verse this way. It says, you gave them authority over all things. How many of you are thankful that God's given the ability to overcome every obstacle in Jesus Christ? Oh, some of you don't believe it yet. 
He has given you the ability to overcome every obstacle through the power of the Spirit. Well, it's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. And you know, the problem is we try to work everything in every angle and we get frustrated, but what we need is to get our eyes fixed on Jesus and then he can help us overcome. Now, when it says all things, it means nothing is left out. And that, I just love the way God's word speaks to us sometimes. In other words, he says, now, when I say all things, I mean all things. Yeah. Now, maybe you've never raised children, but when you tell your children, I want everything off of this floor, how many of you have gone back and realized that they didn't understand everything? They didn't get it all. Because they're like, well, I thought you just meant such and such. No, I ask you to remove everything. When God says that there is nothing that can overcome you, he is being really plain when he says there is nothing that can overcome you if you're walking in the authority that Jesus Christ has given you. The problem is we would rather walk in our own stubborn wills because that's what got us this far. Well, maybe that's not a good thing. Should I say that's what got us where we are? Instead of trusting Jesus. But here's what he says. He says you hadn't figured it out yet. I love what he's saying. He said, I, I told you everything's under your feet, but we have not yet seen all things put under their authority. So in other words, we're not walking in that authority completely yet. But here's where what really rocked my world this Sunday is what we do see is Jesus. And then after that, we, we read about who for a little while, and he talks about he went and he died for us, he paid the price for us so that we could have this authority. And when we're talking about these verses, we talk about the fact that the grace of God has been there, Jesus tasted death for us, and we can have future glory. And, and then we talk about all of the authority, but we miss the beauty of that moment when it says the real reason you can overcome is when you see Jesus. Until you learn to see Jesus, you're always going to be distracted. And the Bible talks about things that easily distract us, that cause us to get off course. And what we have to do is find that one guiding light, that one thing that keeps me walking through the darkest days. The one thing that does not change, the constant. What do they tell you when you're in a storm? You don't try to ride out the waves. You go straight toward where you're trying to get to. And some of us, we've tried to compromise our way into a healthier life. But you cannot compromise your way into a healthier life. You must get Jesus in your sight and let the world be behind you and the cross be before you if necessary. But there is no turning back because of Jesus in front of us. And that's where we've got to get to. We've got to get to where we realize I may not have won today, but that's not going to change where I'm headed. I may have struggled and got a little off track because all things are not yet under the place of authority they need to be yet, but it didn't change my course. Some of us end up sidetracked too easily. Let me say that again. Some of us end up sidetracked too easily. I was just looking for the people who end up sidetracked too easily. Amen, amen, and amen, because that's like coming from me. You know? And so what I have to realize is, if I keep looking at every circumstance, it's going to rob me of my peace and my joy and my confidence, and so I have to deal with those things. 
And here's one thing I want to talk to you about in this brief time we're going to talk tonight. That what happens is this. We see these inconvenient difficulties. We see these complexities and, and these emotional reactions start coming out of us and we end up off track because we don't want... I mean, I've told you this, I don't know how many times, but I, I think it's significant so you can see where I come from. Uh, I've said this so many times to God. I'm like, God, just tell me what you want me to do because I want to learn it now so that you don't have to take me through something that I'm forced to learn it. Anybody else ever been there? Like, Lord, teach me now. Because I don't want to go through the fire. But when we see a trial in front of us, we'll start veering off, of course, with Jesus because the reality is none of us really like difficult days. What do difficult days make you want to do? Well, maybe we, maybe we don't have time for all of us to testify to that, but they make you want to react in an unhealthy way. And so when we get complex situations, we end up on emotional roller coasters. We don't know what to do. And here's one thing I think is very important. We mourn the past and we dread the future. That's something that will get your eyes off of Jesus. When you spend far too much time regretting what you did yesterday. Anybody ever regretted what you did yesterday? Anybody would go back and change it if you could. Okay, who wants to tell us how you can go back and change it? You can't. So why do we let it steal our today? We cannot change yesterday. I have sown those seeds, whether it be rebellion or righteousness, I have sown those seeds. What do I do about them? Probably one of the illustrations that have stuck with me more of any illustration my father preached when I was a young man, he preached a message about the, the sowing of bad seed. And he said, when you sow bad seed, there's only one thing you can do about it. You have to then sow as much good seed around it so that the good harvest overtakes the bad harvest. And as you begin to sow the good harvest, and you cannot go back and change the things you did wrong yesterday. And if you try to, oh, well, I wish I had, had been there better, and I wish I could have done this, then you'll never keep your eyes on Jesus when you're looking this way. So what do you do? You get your eyes on Jesus and you start thinking about what do I need to do? Let's just make it practical. Say in your marriage, if you said something stupid that you shouldn't have said, has anybody ever wished that, that, that your words were like a, a, a ruler that you, you know, or excuse me, a tape measure, you know, just push that button and it goes whoosh. Yeah. Anybody else ever play with those things when you were a kid and getting up cut? Well, that's what happens when you, you end up cut. Listen to me. I don't know how many times I wish I could reel those things in. I'm thinking, put the filter in, son. But listen, I can't reel those things back in. But what I can do is begin to speak life as I reflect the image of Christ over those negative things that I've said. And as I, I'm not trying to cover them, I need his blood to cover them. But I'm trying to outsow the harvest that they're going to reap. And so don't mourn yesterday, but most of you, instead of mourning yesterday, 
the next thing you do is dread tomorrow. And there's a story from Scripture, I think, that sums this up the best. And the story from Scripture that sums it up the best is the story of Mary in the garden three days after Jesus has been in the tomb. The Bible says that that they all come to the garden and, and they find the empty tomb and everybody goes running except for Mary. And Mary is sitting in this weeping spot somewhere in the garden she's fallen upon i imagine a rock under a tree you know having prayed in the uh, there uh, in, in that area i can i have a real image of what i think it would look like and, and and as i'm imagining that she's just collapsed in that garden she's 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 sobbing and jesus comes up behind her and this is what he says to her woman why are you weeping Whom are you seeking? Okay. Why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? And then, and this is so important, I want you to get this. Then she says to him, if you will just tell me where you laid him, I will go. No harm, no foul. I'll go reclaim his body because what she had planned to do for the rest of her life was visit that tomb every day. That was all she could think. All she could, she couldn't see past the destruction of the cross. She couldn't see past all the pain that had been caused. And all she knew was she wasn't going back to who she used to be. And the only person who had brought her hope was Jesus. And so she could not move on with her life and listen to the words that he asked. Why are you weeping? Because he knows she's weeping over yesterday. She's weeping over what's lost, and nothing can be done about what's lost. Nothing can be done about those things. You cannot, it doesn't matter how much, I think most of us, and I feel the Holy Spirit in what I'm about to say to you, most of us feel like if we pay enough punishment, if we really have a bad enough life, then maybe we've somehow balanced the scales. That's not the way it works. It is not God's intention for you to live miserable to somehow try to balance out the scales. Can I tell you what Jesus did and through the balance of scales? He put his blood on the scale and he made it the all a whole other way so you could walk in life. It's not about trying to fix that. And then he says to her, look, look, you can't fix yesterday, so what are you looking for? And do you know what she was looking for? A reason to go on living. Because she thought that yesterday had destroyed her tomorrow. Listen to what I've come to tell you tonight. No matter what yesterday looks like, it did not destroy tomorrow when Jesus is the one inviting you to life. This is so important. But Pastor Don, you don't know about my yesterday. <laughs> Thank God you don't know about mine. But I do know about Jesus. And he is the hope that tells me that no matter what happened yesterday, 
That the purposes of God are not somehow sidetracked by my failures. The call of God is without repentance and there's anointing for everyone who will serve God. And what if I'm not perfect? I may not be perfect. You're not perfect. You're never going to be perfect. And I will tell you, no matter how much God uses you, you can lay hands on people and see them healed. I have right here. But these hands have still sinned. But yet his grace is still greater. And so I know that I have to stop weeping over yesterday. And I have to start living in the victory of Christ. And all she says is this, tell me where he is. I just need a reminder of what I lost. And then he says to her, I love what, do you know how profound what he says to her is? Do you know what he's, he says? Mary. That's it. He still acknowledges her by name. And oh, the joy of the moment, Mary. And she realizes because of her mourning and her fear, she's missed the power of the resurrected Savior. And she says, Rabboni, my teacher, the one who teaches me how to live is what she's saying. I would follow you anywhere. And so my question for you today is would you stop looking at all of the yesterdays and would you stop looking at all of the reasons why you dread tomorrow and lift up your eyes to where your help comes from? Because can I tell you the hidden part of that story that you have to study to actually find? I will preach this the rest of my life. And somebody says, I've heard him say that before. Well, get ready. If you hang around here, you're going to hear me say it again. <laughs> the beauty of the moment. Mary says, Rabboni, and she turns toward him. And as she turns toward him, he says this. Do not touch me. Don't touch me. For I have not yet ascended to the Father. Now hold on, hold on, hold on just a minute. Do not touch me because I have not yet ascended to the Father. If you study, you understand that once the high priest has gone through the purification rites, once the high priest has gone through the preparation to carry the blood of the sacrifice to the altar. If he were to be touched by someone that had just touched a grave, or even by a female at that moment in that culture, it would have made him unclean. Now listen to what Jesus says. Uh, Mary, Rabboni, Mary, it's going to be all right. I want to meet you in Galilee. 
but don't touch me. Because I, it's his words, not mine. I have not yet ascended to the Father. Look at this for just a moment. Bear with me in this just, just for a moment. It is the greatest work of all time. Nothing will be greater. Nothing before has been greater. Jesus, the risen Messiah, the high priest, who now makes intercession for us, is literally marching toward the horns of the altar in heaven. As he's ascending toward the horns of the altar in heaven, the blood is still upon him to apply it to the altar. And as heaven is waiting, can you imagine? He's coming home. He's coming home, heaven. He's about to regain his throne. He's about to be seated in heavenly places again. Heaven is rejoicing. Heaven is standing in awe. And all of a sudden, he stops. And he looks at heaven and he looks back over his shoulder. This is the beauty of the moment. And he says, just a minute. Who does that? Just a minute. And he goes back to earth. He says a worshiper is crying. A daughter of mine is broken. My child needs me. Now that used to seem so strange to me because heaven is waiting. We're all waiting. But now it doesn't. Because when your child needs you and you have paid the ultimate price for their birth into the family, it doesn't matter what's waiting. You will turn and you will run to your child. And he runs back to earth and says, well, well, hold on, don't touch me yet. I've got to go take care of this, but I'm going to be right back. And trust me, you're going to get something called the Holy Spirit. And it's going to be awesome. And he's going to help you. But listen, Mary, stop crying over yesterday and stop worrying about tomorrow because I'm alive. When we see a risen Savior, we can overcome every current obstacle. I want you to stand with me tonight for just a moment. Just, just bow your heads with me in this place for just a moment. Yesterday is behind you. You do not have to fear tomorrow because of who has paid the price for you. If you will simply lift your eyes toward heaven. The moment I say that some of you go, oh, well, no, 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 heaven doesn't want me. Listen to me. Stop trying to disqualify the blood of Jesus Christ. And realize he wants to heal you just as you are. I don't know why he just spoke this into my heart. He didn't tell the blind man to go wash before he healed him. He healed him and told him to go wash. Stop trying to get clean enough that maybe Jesus might love you. He wants to heal you just like you are. You're here tonight and you say, Pastor Don, God's speaking to me. I just want to see your hand right where you are before I pray for you. Would you lift your hand high?
hands all over this place, literally all over this place. Father, you see our hands in the air now lifted. Some saying, I need you. Some saying, we worship you. But all of us saying, thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ that makes us clean. Father, I know not all that you're accomplishing tonight, but this I do know. Heaven rejoices at our realization that we are bought with the price of the blood of Jesus Christ. Father, those who are away from you, let them hear the Spirit say, come home. Those who are wounded, not stand out in fear, but let them boldly approach Abba Father, knowing he loves them right where they are. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. How many are thankful for Jesus tonight? Amen. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.